What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yes Politics. This is a podcast where we interview content creators and activists. I love hearing people's stories, so I appreciate these people spending time with me. And today I've got an exciting guest. I met her at the Beto rally here in Los Angeles. She was on stage with Beto the whole time. I've got Mona Jean with me, Mona Jean Cedar. Mona Jean, thank you so much for coming on the program. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and ASL because it's a world I don't know too much about. Um, Okay. Well, ASL is American Sign Language. And uh, like I spoke to you earlier about that you didn't know, um, language is related to culture. So if you change the culture, you change the language. So there's American Sign Language and French Sign Language and Japanese Sign Language. Um, you know, every culture will have its own language. So uh, I, I started as a dancer really young. I was born in northern New York and I went to the UN and thought, oh my God, the translators and the languages that were going on were just amazing. It was just such a wonderful conglomeration of culture and people all in one place. And so I like, I, I think that um, ignited my passion for languages. So I studied Latin immediately and then French because ballet, c'est tout le monde français. And, uh, and then eventually made my way out to California, which is all Spanish and, um, and did some Spanish there. And eventually I just found sign language or I'll say sign language found me. I loved it. It's a dancing language. So I started studying it. And then uh, at El Camino College down here in Torrance, they had a great dance program that I was in, the dance program. And somebody came around and said, hey, you want to join this sign dance company? And I'm like, oh, damn, that sounds cool. So I went and I just, I, I totally fell off the deep end and got really involved in it. And, uh, and then I actually um, started combining the two and choreographing with sign language. So um, for my AA degree, I ended up choreographing a dance that had three sign languages. It was American, Japanese, and Russian sign language in the dance. So we would all sign birth at the same time, but birth would be in American sign language and then uh, Russian and Japanese. So um, I started doing a lot of that. Uh, I became an RID, Registry of Interpreters for the Deaf, certified in 2002. Hmm. That's a big deal. Uh, it's a really hard test to pass, and and uh, but I did. So um, once you become certified, you can register with a lot of agencies. And I uh, was freelance for about 25 years. I'm still freelance, actually. So um, that means you register with a bunch of agencies and then they call you and you, or they email you before they called you. Now they email you and they say, hey, you want to do this job? You want to do that job? And, you know, every day I turn down probably about 20 jobs. Um, I have a lot of work. I love my work. I love what I do. Uh, I, it has afforded me to do a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, one of the things that I was passionate for, and I'm still pretty deeply involved, is the National Poetry Slams. And I've been the resident interpreter there for like 13 or 14 years. So uh, I interpreted the National Poetry Slams 
and the Women of the World Poetry Slams and the Individual Poetry Slams. And in 2000, 2007 to 2011, I went to Paris every year and interpreted an international poetry slam. So um, that that's pretty awesome. I really like doing that. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I started producing a sign language show, ASL Cabaret. It's on the Facebook and we produced shows every month and we had all the hottest deaf and ASL people on our stage. We had Marley Matlin, we had Sean Forbes. He's a deaf rapper out of Detroit and all the most famous sign language people <laughs> that you wouldn't know, but they were on Broadway and won Tony Awards and on Switched at Birth on, on TV. And um, um, so, you know, I mean, and actually, if we get back to uh, leading up to here we go, being on stage with Beto, um, that was a job, you mm. know, they, they, I was registered, I'm registered with an agency. And uh, the week before, they had asked me if I wanted to interpret for Andrew Yang. And so, okay. yeah, yeah, I'd like to do that. So I went down and I interpreted for him. Very impressed. Didn't know hardly anything about him. But, you know, I mean, I had seen, you know, the the things where the, all the, the supporters have math uh, hats on. And yes, they did. And it's just <laughs> such a wonderful method, message, you know. We got the numbers. We got the math. You know the the numbers. I know statistics lie, but numbers. Come on, here. These are the numbers. You know. So I really like that message. And then, um, and then you know, a week later, the same agency asked me if I wanted to do Beto, and so I said, yeah, you know. So I went there, and um, you know, that was the same day as the the temple shooting, the synagogue shooting, mm -hmm. and so he came out speaking of that and um you know he did a really good job of passionately of conveying his passion and uh, for such a oh just an awful message for you know i mean a lovely message for an awful event so um yeah yeah that's kind of what i wanted to ask you about um i that's a great story it's it's really cool to hear of uh sign language as a physical it's like a, a language of dance in a sense, and it is a real physical expression, a way to communicate. Really interesting to hear you say that. Um, I love that you do the poetry slam, and we'll get to Beto in a second, but it kind of leads into that. Um, it's so personal, poetry, and especially spoken word. It's a performance in addition to just the text that they're reading. How do you, yeah. do you have a conversation with those individuals before you interpret or do they just say, do your thing and you get into it in your own way and bring your own expression to it? Yeah. Well, you know, when I first started out, I thought it would be a great idea to ask the poets to give me their poems ahead of time. And I would set up a box, you know, for them to put in their poems so that I could at least read them through once, you know, I mean, ideally, um, it would be best to be able to sit down with the poet and to go through with the poet and to dissect and find meaning and discuss and then meet with an ASL master and figure out the best way to make everything go together, you know, but <laughs> these are poets and they're slam poets. And uh, 
<laughs> you know, it's like wrangling cats and nobody wanted to give me their poetry and things like this. So um, what I usually will do like a disclaimer for any deaf that are in the audience is um, this is slam interpreting. Okay. So <laughs> I'm getting it for the first time the same way the hearing audience is getting it. So it's kind of fair, equal access. But, you know, there are, there are, uh, <laughs> I have my stories. There's this one where I was interpreting a poem and um, I swear he was saying how, and I'm signing how, and how, blah, 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 and how, blah, blah, blah. And about, you know, a minute and a half into this three minute poem, I realized he's saying, howl as in Ginsburg's howl so I have to stop and I'm like oh oh how no wrong wrong howl howl you know but um poetry, you know so it's like there's a a second dialogue going on with any deaf or hard of hearing people between the interpreter and what's being performed on stage it's like oh no I, I'm changing what I'm saying that's yeah, so interesting you try not to do that you know yeah Sure. Uh, you want you don't want to take away from the message, but sometimes you have to be involved too. And you're so there's like this almost this own drama going on with the interpreter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> we're getting better at staging and 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 things being accessible. But um, there were a lot of years when um, you know I, the the interpreter was actually this. I felt like the uninvited guest or pest. Mm -hmm. you know, and when I would ask for accommodations to be able to hear, actually hear the poets, you know, they were like, oh, we can't put a monitor over there. And, oh, you got to stand over there. And, and um, but um, I do have to say once the, the, um, the most recent administrators of the slams, they just happen to be more women, uh, tended to be more um, accommodating and actually gave me the the accommodations that I needed to be able to hear, which helps so much. I mean, if you can hear, then it's easier to in interpret. But you know, there's there's all those logistics that happen, and uh, and then sometimes it's just the poets themselves think that they can do a seven minute poem in their three minute time limit, and that eleven is better than ten, and so you know their ideal of a performance is <laughs> and you know um, I'm sorry I, I my interpretation of that is just that you know so. <laughs> That's wild. Now, this is a question I have, and I don't want to say this in a bad way at all, but um, why is it so important to have someone as a sign language interpreter at something like a Beto or a political event like that? Because I personally feel that there's probably very few people there that are hard of hearing or deaf. Correct me if I'm wrong about that, but... Um, it seems like a very prominent thing that has been established. And so I'm just kind of curious, like about the deaf and hard of hearing community that comes to these events. I feel like I'm ignorant about that. Well, um, I will answer. Um, the deaf and hard of hearing community should have equal access. They just should, you know, they shouldn't have to, ask for special company, hey, and plan ahead of time. I think I'm, I might be there. I, I, I want to go to whatever event, any event, 
you know, I think I want to go to that event. Maybe I want to go, oh, well, just in case I want to go, I have to call a week, two weeks, four days, five days, two days ahead of time. And so that they can get an interpreter so that there's, so I'll be able to participate. It, it's just interpreters should be automatically provided so that the deaf can just show up and not have to worry about that. Now, I don't think there was any, there were any hard of hearing people at the, the Beto, uh, um, event hmm. uh, but they could have been they could have been standing over to the side this side they they don't have to self-identify hey I'm deaf I want you you know they can can stand there and and be invisible um there was someone at the Andrew Lang Andrew Yang uh conference and he was thrilled that I was there uh, event not conference uh he was thrilled that there was an interpreter there he went not knowing if there was going to be one. He didn't know how to request one or who to do it. So, you know, um, and he's genuinely interested in Mr. Yang and, you know, we'll go back and believe me, the deaf community is pretty small and pretty tight. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it behooves the people who are producing and have a message and want to get it out get an interpreter. It's, it's not that hard, you know? So did that answer your question? I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I was just kind of curious, like, cause it seems like such a priority. Um, and you know, it, it is a language, right? And it's, so it's like, they could have interpreters there for, for other languages, for example, and not trying to say, um, well, you know. there's, there's a few things and, um, uh, with the ADA law, Americans with disabilities act and, um, and providing access for people who don't have access. And one of the things, the way they they differentiate between a spoken foreign language and uh, a sign language, deaf people do not have the option of being not deaf and their native language is sign language. Someone who speaks Spanish or French or, or any other language, theoretically, they have the option to learn English. So that's kind of why, you know, sign language is provided. I got you. Yeah, that makes total sense. I appreciate you sharing that because I just kind of felt like I was missing something. Like, it seems like it's given such a priority. And I give, look, I have open captions on my stream. Yeah. And it, it's because I want to be accessible. I don't have it on this scene right here with the interview because, it, you know, we can't capture your, the, the guest audio. So I don't, I feel it's weird. But on my stream, I have captions there, and I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, hey, I really appreciate that. And like you said, the, the, a lot of people don't just self-identify, and, and um, it's great that we can be as inclusive as possible. So it's really cool to hear what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, so, the closed captions, I, I applaud you on the closed captions. Thank you for doing that. Sure. Because um, and, and there's a lot of people who uh, um, can read English, but actually understanding a spoken um, um, enunciation of it, you know, is, is, is harder. So your closed captions provide a lot of access. Yeah. And in the world of live streaming, it's, I, I'm assuming most deaf and hard of hearing people probably assume they can't even participate in that world because there are no captions for the most part. So I really am happy to open it up to that entire community. Uh, so it's, it's a great thing to have and I'm thankful for it. Let me ask you about being on stage with Andrew Yang or Beto, what is it like to be on stage with somebody like that? 
where people have come out who want to see this person. They're not there. They know who it is, and they're all excited. I mean, it's, you're on stage with a rock star at that point. What is it like to be on stage with one of these people? You know, um, of course, their energy is just so infectious and dynamic. It's 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 a wonderful thing. I really try hard to be inconspicuous, to be the person over in the side on the bubble. With Beto, um, I tried to stand on one of the lower steps. I didn't want to be on the stage on an equal level footing with him. I didn't want to be distractive. I tried to stand on like the second step down and they were having none of that. And they were just like, no, you need to get up there. You need to stand up there. So, you know, it's like, okay, you're the boss, you're paying me. So, so I was standing up there, but I did try to, you know, stay out of his way and, 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 and be un this disruptive to him distracting to him when i interpret in the for the slams we stand upstage the interpreters stand upstage so that the poets don't see us out of their periphery our hands waving around madly ah you know so uh i i try not to be distracting to them i try to be very inconspicuous but it's a really cool thing to have the words and the emotions and the feelings go through you. Now the 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 um you know the the politicians Andrew and Beto um these are glorious things and and it's it's really fun to do that. Um comparing to like the slam poetry um uh, okay to to set up a, a little bit of a setup we always have two interpreters and each poem is three minutes long and what we do is the interpreter will do that will only interpret one poem at a time and once that poem is done they leave and the next interpreter comes up the, the replacement interpreter comes up and um that that interpreter stands there and gets the judges score and introduces the next poet and they're already there uh so when the new poet comes up, the spotlight is on them. They do that poem and then they leave. And believe me, those three minute slam poems can be some of the roughest three minutes that you'll ever interpret. Mm. Um, the, the, the content, the emotions, it, it can be very almost traumatic, you know, that because it has to go through you and Another thing that happens, gosh, I feel like I'm getting off into the woods, but like if you're interpreting um, uh, sometimes conversations, especially in mental health and stuff like this, you can sometimes end up being the abuser and the abused, the mm. victim and the big, you know, and, and so both of these uh, emotions and roles go through you because as an interpreter ethics and your ethics require you to be true to the speaker's intent mm. so um you know you have to uh get rid of your own filter and if you can't be neutral in any given situation then ethically you should not put yourself in that situation so and then 
Oh, okay. What if Donald Trump came to town? Would you well, interpret for him? But I was just, I was just <laughs> gonna get to that because I had the conversation with the um, the agency that hired me, and he's going, "Yeah, this is pretty cool." And I said, "Yeah, two down, eighteen more to go." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens." And I said, "But you know, Bill, this is I'm. I do want to warn you. I don't know how clean my filter would be if I was, uh, re, you know, interpreting for a Republican or, <laughs> you know, who." And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know if I could do it either." So, I, I probably, um, I probably might just excuse myself from something like that. I don't, I don't know if I'd want to do that. I don't interpret. Um, pro-life things. I don't do religious events. Hmm. I, I, I can't, uh, you know, I don't, I, I can't get rid of my filter that way. Yeah. Actually, interesting. <laughs> this Saturday, I just had to interpret an herbal life events, you know, and it's so rah, rah, oh, go, let's go. And we're selling in 10,000, 4,000, you know, and it's like, ooh, that was rough. That was rough. <laughs> it's just so. very high energy. Yeah, and you know, and it's like, you gotta like go, and you can do it, and you can do it, and you can do this, and you can earn $10,000 a month, and, da, 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 and, and and these people are very earnest, you know, and you have to be just as earnest as they are in their conning. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought it was like a pyramid scheme kind of thing, but <laughs> good for you for keeping a straight face and just doing it, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So someone like Beto is a very charismatic figure. Uh, even Andrew Yang. These are some of the most charismatic people in the United States that can connect with people instantly. Do you ever find yourself caught up in the message? Or how do you listen to a message like that and not like fall in love while you're doing your interpretation? You know, like I feel like when these people speak, it's it draws everybody in and it, and it would be hard to ignore that on stage with them as well um yeah you know uh one i am working i am processing two languages at the same time both with three different modalities um you know uh, asl is american signed language it is not signed english Mm. Um, we have our own grammar, our own syntax, our own um, morphology. I have to take in, listen to a verbal language, a language that is made up of words, deconstruct the meaning, get the concept, find the signs, which are concepts. Signs are not words. I'm not doing this word equals this sign, word, sign, word, sign. It's not that. I mean, if you want to get into linguistics, um, there is no to be verb. Am, is, are, was, were, be, being, been. We don't have that. We don't have articles. We don't have pronouns. We don't have adjectives. Adverbs are embedded in the verb. There's a thing called spatialization. There's no conjugation of verbs. It's past, present, and future. It's, it's one verb, go. Um, you know, there are a lot of linguistic acrobatics that is happening while I'm performing this and putting out the message, listening in one language, deconstructing meaning, constructing meaning, and putting it out in another language. So, you know, my brain is functioning, but, you know, at the same time, I am 
in order to be true to the speaker's intent, I have to bring their emotions. And there have been many times where I really had to, you know, those emotions become really strong and you just, you have to squelch them and, and get out that, uh, you know, put out, put out the meaning um, to, 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 yeah, to continue to be professional and to give the, the right meaning, all the emotion and not use, get, let mine take over, you know? Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I love the explanation. Now, I want to touch on a quick tangent there. You said there's no pronouns. So well, how is, is gender handled in a different way in American Sign Language? Just out of curiosity. Um, uh, we don't really focus on gender. What happens is um, you have first person, which is yourself, and then second person is the person you're talking to. And then third person is the person over there. Hmm. So, um, you know, he, she, it, they, them, those is just over there. Now we can go female over there, which becomes she or he, mm. a male over there, which becomes him. Um, but, uh, you know, the, um, Possessive pronouns are, are just done with an open hand. Mine, yours, theirs, his, hers, you know, like that. So, um, yeah. Interesting. I was just kind of curious. Now, one last question about Beto. He spoke Spanish for about 25% of his speech. I don't know if you speak Spanish. And if you do, did you inter you said that it's American sign language. So is there Spanish? Is there like a, a, a Latin American sign language? Did, like, did you switch in the middle or like, I would love to hear what happened there. <laughs> no, actually, there's uh, la, la lingua de seña de Mexicano, LSM. And a little tangent here. I two sun last sun two Sundays ago, I taught uh, a sign language dance class, and we used LSM for interpreting La Bamba. La Bamba. And so we did it in, 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 in uh, LSM. But I only know those like 12 signs in LSM. Um, I can speak some Spanish. And at the beginning of, of uh, the when his speech and stuff, he spoke in, in um, English, and then he said the same thing in Spanish. So, you know, I'm like, oh, he's saying the same thing. So I just kind of like I said, I signed speaking Spanish now and I signed American Sign Language. Um, and I was able to do that at the beginning because my brain was still fresh like this. But he went on for quite a while. And when he when he got into Spanish um, later on, uh, my brain, my message was starting to deteriorate because they've done studies where, you know, you're you're you can only continue like that for, you know, half an hour-ish before they say the message starts to deteriorate, you start losing all the details, you know. So uh, when he when he did go into Spanish like the second or third time or something, I just said he's speaking Spanish. It's the same thing. I think it's the same thing, you know, but um, I, I had to let that go. But yeah, you know, I mean, when they say the same thing and I, I just said kind of recapped a little bit of it because I could understand some of it, but then I, my brain went down on it. 
<laughs> I totally understand. It's like you're running at 100% when you're taking in a language and then interpreting in another language and still trying to keep track of the what's being said because he's not pausing for you. He keeps going. <laughs> so super interesting. So a couple more quick questions and then we'll, we'll, we'll open it up to the chat for questions. Um, you told me that you were involved in the Women's March, the original Women's March. So can you tell us about your experience? Because you told me you just showed up. It wasn't planned and uh, you got to get on stage. So I'd love to hear that story. Yeah. So I went to the, I wanted to go to the Women's March and, um, you know, I, it was, it, I'm sure it was an act of God that I, that I ended up there where I was. Um, I live in Highland Park. So I, I went down and tried to get on the gold line and there was a huge line of people just waiting to buy their, their Metro tickets, but I, I already had my card. So I get on and every car that went by was packed, packed, packed. And finally, I just like, you know, I, I just, I'm a sign language interpreter. I got to get in. And I squeezed my little body in there and I got <laughs> down there and everybody was talking about, oh, how should we do this? Should we get on the red line and go to, to Pershing Square and da 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 da, da. And, um, you know, I mean, I know downtown LA. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to uh, get off at Little Tokyo Station and, and go around the back way. Cause everybody was saying, it's just packed. It's just packed. So uh, I got off at Little Tokyo and everybody started going that way. So I went the other way and I started walking around trying to get back around the crowd. And I ended up at first in Broadway. And that was the stage for the politicians and all the famous people were down on the Pershing Square stage, the celebrities and the actors and the musicians and everything. And that was set up for them. Now, later I found out there were four interpreters down there. There were supposed, I'm sure there was only supposed to be two there and the other two were supposed to be up at the politician stage, but either, you know, they couldn't make it to the politician stage or the, I think all four of them just wanted to be there with all the, the celebrities. <laughs> So when I got to the politician stage, you know, there was no interpreters there. And there was uh, quite a few um, kids from CSUN, the California State University at Northridge. They have a huge deaf program there and a, 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 a big deaf studies program there. And that's where I graduated. I got my bachelor's from there. So they're all standing there, you know, waiting to hear what's going on. And uh, I didn't see any interpreters there. So I kind of went around backstage and I, uh, you know, I said, hey, I'm a sign language interpreter. I, I don't know, do you have an interpreter here? I know there's deaf people out here and they're gonna wanna hear it. And so they're like, no, no, we don't know anything that's going on. So I said, well, well, you know, let me, let me go up on stage and, and if, if a, the interpreter that's being paid or whatever is already hired comes, then, you know, I'll leave, but, um, but nobody showed up. And so I ended up standing there interpreting and it was like a two hour and there was like the head of Planned Parenthood and the mayor and the governor and, you know, I mean, all these fabulous people. And I was just, ah, you know, that was <laughs> super. Yeah. And that was hard. You know, I mean, that, those were impassioned pleas. That was, that was a, a very emotional day for all of us. Mm-hmm. As a, as, as a globe, as a global <laughs> community, it was a very, yeah, emotional day. Um, it, yes. It, it just, it's so fascinating to me for you to speak on behalf of the governor, right? Because 
there's only one governor and it's a big state, right? It's like president of the sixth largest economy in the world or whatever, you know, it's like you're the voice of that person. And, you know, you, that's a lot of power to have. Uh, so very interesting. Uh, I saw a last question about Beto then. Um, um, and if anybody has questions in chat, now's a good time to start posting them and, and we'll get to them here in a second. You took a picture with Beto and, and I, I believe he put it on Instagram where he has a huge following. So did you get to hang out with Beto and like, what did you guys do? <laughs> oh no. Um, when it was all done, I, I was trying to um, get a picture with him at the end or get somebody to take a picture with me and you know he was just mobbed with people and so one of the handlers the crowd handlers said um he's going back to the room which is the room that i had to go meet the people in that took me up on stage he's going back to the room if you go back there we'll we'll get a picture with you so mm -hmm. I'm like, okay okay so i had to wait you know i don't know 15 20 minutes for him to go through and shake hands with everybody and take pictures and then he came around through the back and um they were like just stand over here. He's gonna come through this door, and 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 we'll we'll have him get a picture with you. And so uh, I I told the handlers I said I'd I'd like to to have him do this hand sign, you know, which is the deaf sign for love ya. You know, I mean it's not love, passion. It's just I love I recognize you. Namaste, love ya. You know that kind of thing. So when he came through and he did recognize me and he's like, oh, you, you know, oh, you're the woman that was standing there waving her arms around <laughs> on stage beside me. So, um, so I, I said, yes, sir, I really appreciate your message. And I said, and I, I'd like to get a picture of you doing this. And he's like, oh, what's that? And I'm going, well, it, it's just the deaf for sign for love you. It's just a, a respectful acknowledgement to the deaf community. And he, and he tried to put his hand up, you know, and I, I had to you know, put that finger up, you know. <laughs> And then, you, and then I say, and turn it out to the camera because you want it to face, face your audience, you know. And he's like, and he was very happy. He thought that was the coolest thing, you know. And then he he had his people take pictures of it, and uh, and yeah. <laughs> and he put it on his Instagram, you know. It's like <laughs> he doesn't put every selfie up there, you know. <laughs> That's cool because I told him I would put it on my, you know, and and uh, put it into the deaf community too. So. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, what a great, what a great boon for the deaf and hard of hearing community and it's really cool that you taught him that sign right you're responsible for him knowing that now that's pretty cool so we have a question here karma squabbit one of our regulars says so how many languages does mona jean speak um i can speak pretty good french uh and quite a bit of spanish uh I lived in Japan for a couple of months and I picked up some of that, but it's gone now. Um, I just, I know ASL, American Sign Language, very fluently. Um, and then I just know a bunch of signs in Russian Sign Language and a few signs in, in Mexican Sign Language. Um, that's kind of it. <laughs> Hey, that's a lot more than me, that's for sure. <laughs> if anybody else has questions for uh, Mona Jean, please feel free to post them in chat. Um, I was going to ask you too, what kind of advice do you have for people like getting involved in activism um, and bringing their unique talents to it? Like, do you have any advice for those kind of people? Because I always tell people it's cool to show up with a sign to the rally or the protest, but always try to find ways to bring your unique skills to activist activism also. Yeah, I, you know, um, I think I've done well to follow my passion, you know, um, and 
to put it in service, you know, um, th that those skills that you have, they were given to you for a reason, you know, because the world needs them. So offer them up. And if you, I, I think if you follow them and not ignore them, then uh, they will lead you to where the world needs you. So um, I have a great poem about that. And you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do ah, a shameless plug. Um, Please. <laughs> um, right now I'm putting together a new website, but um, pod ASL, P-A-S, like in dance, pod de de, pod de sha, or, or faux pas, it means step or dance. So pa, P-A-S-D-A-S-L. Um, on Facebook and uh, my website. And if you go to YouTube and just search Mona Jean Cedar, you'll be able to find my Woman's March poem uh, video, which is pretty cool. And um, some of my other poems. And uh, <laughs> an, I, uh, an iPad, iPod video that my husband and I shot when we were doing sign language um and it's kind of funny but, uh, awesome what yeah, i'm sure they will check it out for sure and what what's in the future for you so you said two out of you know 18 do you hope to sign for all the candidates um what is your dream gig as a sign language interpreter <laughs> you know being the um in interpreter for an international poetry slam it was just top it was was mm. very cool um, I know a lot of interpreters want to interpret for the president of the United States, and I'm, I'm not all that deeply into to politics where that is that would be a goal. I did get to interpret at the um, Democratic National Convention when Gore was there, when he gave the kiss to his wife. That was, <gasps> the crowd went wild. Um, <laughs> and that was cool. Um, I mean, uh, right now I'm choreographing with a lot of different languages. Like I just did the Mexican sign language. In July, I'm gonna be choreographing with Ethiopian sign language and, and African dance. And then in uh, India, India sign language with Bollywood dance and Korean sign language with K-pop. So see, that's that's kind of where I wanna go with, with my signing. Um, you know, I was uh, part of the Burning Man culture in 1991. There were less than 300 of us. I did rituals with sign language there for many, many years. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, An original burner, huh? <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> Look at uh, that. Mona Jean is cooler than all of us, man. Come on. <laughs> Burners are awesome, awesome people. I've met a few in my life, and uh, it's a definitely a unique brand of people that are very, very unique and awesome. So it's cool to hear that you're one of the OGs, one of the originals. Thank you. Awesome. You're doing well, cool stuff too. I really, you know, I mean, this seems like a, a most valuable service, and and uh, thank you. It seems like a lot of your people uh, are grateful and like what you do. I I keep trying to read. The, the chats that are going through but I, I'm I can't see very well and they go pretty fast and uh, but yeah good for you this is great um I, I've been watching a few of them so 
this is an example of taking your passion, doing what you can in service to the community. We, we, you know, we need a lot of help right now. We need a lot of, a lot of love and compassion because the hate and the anguish is not going to accomplish what needs to be done. And we need to, to gather, summon up all our compassion toward the people that we do not understand what the are they doing and help reach to them and find some common ground so that we can pull ourselves out of this disaster that is happening around us. It is horrible and our planet needs us to put aside our petty little differences and one up and one up and who's better in this and the name calling. We have to do this for our planet, for the next generations to come. And I don't have the answers. I don't know, you know, but damn, we got to do this and we got to do it together. And the only way we're going to do it is to unite. We got to figure out how to do it. So very um, well said. Yeah. And I appreciate the kind words. Um, I try to have a civil discussion about politics. I'm not shy about where I lean all the way on the left, but I agree with you. Just yelling at each other is not going to help. And uh, we need to try to understand why people think differently than us and give them some love. You know, I truly believe some of these really angry people like our president are just lacking in love. And um, it's up to us to try to reach out to them and understand, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But thank you so much, Mona Jean, for your time. I've taken up so much of it. I am blown away by what I learned today. Um, I'm still smiling about what you said at the beginning, where it's it's a language uh, of dance. I think. How did you word it? That it's I, I miss uh, saying, language. Yeah. a dancing language, and it really is. Uh, sign language is is a unique language that is physical. And there's, there's something really cool about that. And so I appreciate that you've made a career of it and that you are allowing others to um, be a part of things that they otherwise would not be able to um, through no fault of their own, you know? And I think that's beautiful and wonderful and a, a great life to live. <laughs> so where, where can people find you? I know you plugged your website there, but what's the best ways to connect with you to follow what you're doing and, and your endeavors? Um, I'm on Facebook. I have a YouTube page. Um, I, I think I'm pretty sure I have an Instagram page. I, I kind of suck at social media, but I'm trying, <laughs> especially now that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do my, um, this new dance sign dance uh, company. But, um, you know, I mean, if you Google Mona Jean Cedar, there's bunches of stuff that comes up all over the place. So, um, and uh, Mona Jean at Pada ASL is a is a is a good place to reach me. P A S D A S L. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, come on, let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, so cool. Thanks again for your time. Um, I really appreciate it, Mona Jean. I really enjoyed it. I've had a wonderful time. Thank you. What a blast that was, hanging out with Mona Jean. I am so glad I got to meet her and learn about the dancing language of American Sign Language. Wow. It just shows you that if you bring your talents, your skills to activism, 
you can have such a rewarding, amazing experience. And hey, if you want to talk politics with us live, come hang out on Twitch. I'm streaming five days a week right now, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific time for a few hours at twitch.tv slash I'm really important. I hope you guys can make it. We're having a blast, keeping it positive, civil, and looking forward to a bright future. I'll see you guys in the next episode. I pray.